Good morning and welcome to another episode of FNUN Podcast. I'm Curtis, Wakanda's variant MCU Grief Counselor. And uh, I just jumped on for a second to see how you're doing, see how your Saturday's going. Hope you enjoyed. I Hopefully in the next three hours I'll be asleep. After uh, maybe watching an episode of Better Call Saul. But uh, today I'm going to talk about gateway horror. It's come to mind because everyone is losing their minds over the mainstream Doctor Strange 2 in the mountains or the the multiverse of madness, as they say. And I can't wait to see it. It'll probably be in a few months, but uh, I am excited for everything that I've heard about it, so I can't wait. But beyond all that, I want to know, but the reason why I'm saying this is because there was one reviewer in Variety who said this was a horror film. Now, I know they're going to be diehard horror fans. They're going to be going, <laughs> split in half, but shit, that ain't nothing. And I'll be one of those two. But I can't wait to see this film. I would have loved to have seen it in a theater with a lot of people who are not expecting a horror film. And they're bringing their kids. And they're bringing their friends who are just thinking, hey, we're going to see a superhero movie. With a bunch of flying around and CGI. A lot of these people don't know who Sam Raimi is. Sam Raimi is one of uh, the masters of horror. He, uh, I've had a love and hate with Raimi only because of how Spider-Man 3 turned out. And what I would have wanted for Spider-Man 2. But he has over the years, he made, he made for during the 80s he was king because he had an amazing Evil Dead trilogy he came back a few years later with Drag Me to Hell which is underrated because it hits different now for me and it's so matter of fact in it's delivery and I appreciate that now as opposed to years ago when I was just thinking oh Sam Raimi film horror related old woman creepy okay but it's a little more than that with that said my gateway horror it it brings me up to mind of gateway horror I'm bearing the lead Um, a lot of us started off with horror when we were introduced to movies and TV Uh, as a kid my gateway horror was oddly enough Scooby Doo uh, I became a fan of Creature, became a horror films more because of Creature from the Black Lagoon. And a lot of those movies, those Saturday morning Creature features that would pop up every once in a while. And I remember as a kid watching Creature from the Black Lagoon and being amazed by a lot of it. I remember, uh, not horrified, more just, I thought it was really cool, creature underwater, a mer creature. I didn't look at, I didn't think of the behind the scenes, I just thought it was cool. I, it was a cool design. And because of red tape, Hollywood has yet to have 5,000 of those floating around. 
uh, over the decades. I think Creature from the Black Lagoon is an underrated creature that deserves some praise. The story could be told so many different ways. Uh, I'm not talking about shaping a water bullshit. I'm talking about told in a way that deserves praise. Uh, there's so many werewolf films. I would have loved to see more mirror creatures films, more creatures, more stories about the deep and what that, with all the mysteries of it. But I digress. Uh, but as a kid, you know, that was that I remember my dad bought creepy and eerie and occasionally famous monsters would pop up. And I would love looking at those. I remember, uh, I remember one episode, issue of Famous Monsters was uh, an exorcist uh, issue. And that freaked me out because I couldn't deal with Linda Blair's look and, uh, and the horror of it all. Uh, her, her, look, her makeup effects, her look creeped me out so goddamn bad. Before I even saw the movie, I was creeped. I go, I was basically to me, that was a demon. But my gateway horror kind of became that with famous monsters and creepy and eerie. And reading Savage Sword of Savage Sword of Conan with uh that my dad would buy when I was skimming Spider-Man comics. That kind of thing. Um uh, there was a film that popped up with a egg in darkness. And the narrator, and by the way, the narrators in the 70s, they could tell, and they could make anything disturbing and chill. They had the French Connection, uh, and, or Serpico, and Taxi Driver uh, narrator. He could talk about something and he'd have you fucking scared to death. That's how the alien was. You know, they showed this little egg remotely. And then they say alien in space. No one can hear you scream. And I was like, oh my God. There's not, there's, there's all the showing. I got to see this. And my parents were all excited about seeing this film. And we, uh, so... I, I loved it a lot because mom and dad were taking me to the movies. And going to the movies was always a fun experience. I remember going to drive in with him and seeing movies. But we were going to the theater. That was a big deal. We're going inside one of the main theaters in Ardmore, my little small town. And I was going to see Alien. What, what, what does it look like? I know it's Creature. What does it look like? I know it's going to be creepy. I don't... I Famous Monsters showed me little stills of it. And they didn't... They kind of showed the alien, but I can't wait. Leading up for Christmas, my mom and dad got me uh, the alien creature. Well, I think that was before. After, I mean. And so, I go see Alien with them. And I'm in my seat... And the movie starts, and I'm just all involved in what's happening. Uh, I was just intrigued. 
these astronauts all and, and getting there and going to a distress call and investigating and debating on if they should even do the distress call. And I'm not going to go into the movie effects, but then they got to the creature. And all we saw was a tail and teeth as he takes out Harry Dean Stanton while Jonesy watches. And I was like, oh my God. And then one by one, he's picking them all off. Which gave it the slasher feel. Before the slashes became popular. And I'm just intrigued. I'm not covering my eyes. I'm like, they gotta get this alien. They gotta do something. And then Dallas, the character Dallas, is the main character. He's in the tunnels, in the corridors, in the ducts. And he's looking for it. He's got his flamethrower. He's badass. And then the alien is coming for him. They're seeing the, the, the they're seeing the marker for the beeper of the alien. And Dallas is scurrying around trying to find him shooting flamethrowers out his thing. And it's right it's right behind you. And Dallas turns and he doesn't see it. So Dallas comes up to get to another corridor. And he shoots the flames and when he shoots that flame he sees the alien with hands out. I'll, that image, that scene will live in my head for the rest of my goddamn life. What a scene. And all you heard was a dial tone. The flame shot, the alien, and then nothing but a dial tone. And all you could say was Dallas was gone. He was taken out. And I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. Dallas is dead? I was shocked. And the moment that happened, I, I, I gasped as a kid. I, I was I was freaked out. I can't. I was like, "Oh my God! What they they killed Dallas? Who's 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 the hero of this thing? What's going on?" And then the one character who kind of came off to me a little annoying as a kid, anyway, because she seemed to not want the two comedy relief guys to have fun. Ripley. Ripley was the hero of this thing. Ripley was the hero of this thing from Jump. Ripley wants to find out and she's serious. So she gets so she has Parker and the surviving other uh, workers. We're going to find we're going to avenge Dallas and we're going to find out what's happening. Oh, and I forget the chestburster scene, which also lives in my head forever because that's such an iconic scene. And so that movie stays with me forever. I'll, I'll never forget it. I unless on this podcast episode, uh, on the other episodes, I've talked about my love of Alien and went in detail. So check those out. Uh, but as far as gateway horror films, I'm gonna have to say movies like Sisters, the Margot Kitty, the Margot Kidder horror film uh, that involves her and her murderous sister. I thought that was odd. I caught that on accident on cable one day. I thought I was catching a dirty movie because 
it was so taboo. You have this black man in a dating show, and the white woman picks him as a date, and they have sex. And I'm like, kind of like surprised because you don't see that on regular TV. You don't see it's so taboo. It was taboo at the time. And then she goes off somewhere. She goes off, I guess, to go to the restroom or whatever. And then in another room, the sister, the other sister comes out. Looks like her and slits his throat and all chaos and havoc gone. And I'm sitting there going, what the hell? This isn't what I expected. And it's a very odd movie, even now, watching it now. Uh, other movies like The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane. I didn't know the, the message behind it. About a creepy, basically a creepy pedophile who keeps harassing a young girl. Played by Jodie Foster. Uh, I thought it, 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 ends, it ends on a great note. It's, it it, it kind of it, it reminds you of Hard Candy. It predates Hard Candy. It's story. Nonetheless, it's a good film. Uh, other films that were gateway horror to me. Uh, Humanoids from the Deep. It was I was a little older with Humanoids from the Deep. I think I was I think I was twelve or thirteen. And Humanoids from the Deep, I don't think they could make it now without taking a lot of the rapey scenes that were in it because these these creatures came out of the ocean and they fucked humans and had babies with them. Uh, and they didn't do it consensually. But nonetheless, it was a horrifying... On The message, the tone behind it was horrifying. And they had these murderous, raping creatures come out of the water and they do these things. And it wasn't like the main characters killed them off at the end the hero won at the end if I remember correctly they just saved one woman from these creatures and they got the hell out of their little aqua base or whatever little lair or whatever did some damage and that was it the creatures were still there They their tribe or race still existed and then at the end the uh, this random teenage girl who was kidnapped has a baby, and it's this creature that stays in my head. Uh, Alice, sweet Alice, is, is so weird now. I I think I recently watched it a while back, and it's such an odd, dark movie about Catholics, cat the Catholic school, and about murderous teenager murderous kids and there were some tones behind it parents who weren't were killing kids it was it was crazy shit like that but those stay in my head those are gateway horror films uh i remember death valley with peter billingsley and the only reason i watched this film and the only reason my parents allowed me to watch this film was because it wasn't have it didn't have any nudity it was basically Peter Billingsley from Christmas Story. Before Christmas Story, but it came out, I think, uh, around that time. 
or before it came out, Christmas Story came out. And he was a kid with his parents on a tourist trip or whatever. And there's a, there's a series of murders that happen in the area they're at. And it basically, uh, you have to figure out who's doing the killing. And Peter Billingsley's character seems to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. At least twice in the movie. I think I rewatched that a few years ago too. And it still holds up somewhat. I think they tried to remake it a few years back in, in a half-assed way. Um, but that was gateway horror. Horror movies like the car are gateway horror. Uh, the Changeling, Burnt Offering, films like that. Gateway horror to me. Kids today don't have the the uh, film that the films that come out. A lot of these films that come out that are horror films have to have jump scares, have to have lots of buckets of blood, and some random chick is either naked briefly or lots of heavy sexual tones. And horror movies back then, anyway, in the early in the late seventies and the early eighties, didn't always rely on that bullshit. They told their story and they were more about imagery and setting and tone. And they creeped you out that way. They didn't have to not rely so much not had to rely so much on horror, on jump scares or special editing. And a lot of these films that I'm talking about right now, they were very subtle, slow burn. That's why I like slow burn movies now, I think. Because as a kid, I became used to that thing. Slow burn movies. But, uh... The top one for me, as far as the gateway horror, was Alien. And, uh... I'm loving the fact that... Millions of... Eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds are going to get the shit scared out of them... By Doctor Strange 2. And the Multiverse of Madness. I hope that this is the tone because I hope that the third one is Scott Derrickson coming back or Sam Raimi returning to tell Doctor Strange's uh, trilogy, finish it off. Maybe uh, introduce uh, a new uh, uh, I guess a new ancient one, if you will. But uh, I can't wait to see it. I love the fact that people are going to watch this thing and they're going to go, oh my God, Sam Raimi. I'm going to look up that director now that I've seen his film. I've heard about Spider-Man. I'll go check out Spider-Man. And then that leads them hopefully to drag me to hell and to Evil Dead and the glory of Bruce Campbell. But yeah, uh, let me know what you think. Let me know what your thoughts on it, basically, uh, after watching this. I, I'd be, I, I would love to know. But yeah, my gateway horror films, we all have them. So uh, hit me up. This has been Evan. I'm doing a podcast. I'm Curtis. And we will talk again shortly. Mm-hmm.